Good morning, Bison Nation. How are ya? It's Bison game day at long last after a unprecedented last fall without college football here in this part of God's country playing spring ball. An up and down seven and three season that saw the herd fall agonizingly close down at Sam Houston, twenty four to twenty. We are back playing where we ought to be playing on fall Saturdays, brothers and sisters. What a gorgeous day for some bison football at a packed. Fargo Dome, something we haven't seen since December of 2019, nearly two years ago when North Dakota State played Montana State in the FCS National Semifinals. That was the last time we saw a packed dome, and oh, what a difference a packed dome can make for the home team, particularly when you have a non-conference foe like the Albany Great Danes coming to Fargo for the first time today. Those third downs, you know what I'm talking about, where it is loud. It is so loud you can't hear the person next to you. That's the difference Bison Nation makes and will be looking to have an impact against the Great Danes and their All-American quarterback. They got some dudes that can ball. This ain't a cupcake. No, 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 this ain't a pushover. The CAA team, a playoff team from 2019, Quarterback Jeff Undercuffler, Jeff Undercuffler, 41 touchdown passes in 2019 for 3,543 total yards as a freshman. He was a hero of sports. Our, our friends over there, Sam Herter, going into the 2019 spring, Mr. Undercuffler was a hero of sports, second team, preseason All-American. They've got a running back, Carl Mulfer. Led the CAA in rushing last spring with 115 yards per game. They were 11th in the FCS in total defense last spring. But I'll say this, the tale of the tape, you can't just look at the good stuff. We'll be talking this morning on Heard It Here with Swanee, brought to you by Smith Motors and Wapton and Welton's Tire Service in Lisbon. Smith Motors, small-town friendly, big-town deals. Welton's Tire Service, your local one-stop for tires. Friendly service and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. North Dakota State has some things to work on, particularly third-down defense and third-down offense, converting those two, getting off the field When they're on defense, they were 22nd in the country, North Dakota State was, and they were 29th in third down conversions. Typically, we see the Bison a lot higher than that. And in key games, like the Sam Houston State game, people forget. I I think this Bison team, with that 7-3 season so up and down, you lose to Southern Illinois, you just get spanked down there. And then we just spanked. I mean, we walloped. Bubba and his boys, the University of North Dakota at the Dome, took them to the woodshed. And then South Dakota State comes and, frankly, kicks the bison in the beanbags at the Fargo Dome. Then the playoffs roll around, and we return the favor to Eastern Washington. And then we go down to Sam Houston, who ends up being the eventual national champion, beating South Dakota State. And the bison did not score an offensive touchdown all afternoon. Early on in that game, 
they turned the ball over twice near midfield, which Sam Houston turned into 14 quick points. So the Bison were digging out of a hole. Special teams made a huge difference. Christian Watson returned a kick for a touchdown. Braylon Henderson, an explosive playmaker, returned one for a touchdown. And the Bison led that football game with under four minutes. With under four minutes, NDSU kicked a field goal. Excuse me, they, they had already kicked a field goal. They were up 20-17. to 17. They had Sam Houston. We're talking third downs and the importance of that today. All season long, that metric is always so important. Moving the sticks on offense. That's another Bison first down. And getting off the field when you're a defense. And the Bison had the Bearcats backed up on their own 47-yard line, third and 10. You get a stop there. It's very likely Sam Houston punts, and the Bison have an opportunity to pick up some first downs and end the ball game, but no history. You can't change the facts. They're pesky. As John Adams said, something along the lines of facts are a a pesky or unpleasant thing. I massacred that quote. It doesn't matter. John Adams died a long time ago. They complete a 50-yard pass, 47-yard pass, the North Dakota State's five-yard line. Score either the next player two plays later. Sam Houston takes a 24-20 lead. And the Bison, starting deep in their own territory, marched the ball all the way down inside of Sam Houston's 20-yard line with an opportunity to win that game. But on a short third and two, a snap and shotgun goes awry. The Bison are then faced with a fourth and six, and we all know how that story ends. The point being, for everyone who is looking down on North Dakota State, and it's a funny spot to be in because according to the FCS coaches poll, we're number three in the country behind Sam Houston and JMU. The Stats FCS poll, we're number four preseason, number four overall. Most programs... They'd be ecstatic, guys. They would be all kinds of crazy, gigged up, excited, saying we're seven and three last spring. We went to the national quarters, led the eventual national champs. We got almost all of our starters back. We got this hot shot top gun quarterback, Quincy Patterson, the second out of Virginia Tech. We got Phoenix Sproles back. Christian Watson is the best offensive player in the FCS, Jackson Hinkies back, Spencer Wagey, Logan McCormick, Jasir Cox. You got those safeties and Dom Jones and Michael Tutsi and Dawson Weber. Oh, my gosh, we are absolutely loaded. But no, Bison fans, we are just wired so weirdly. That's what happens when your team wins eight national championships in 10 seasons. You are just wired. I am wired where we have this skewed view of the universe where we think seven and three in a national quarterfinals Appearance is just the worst thing in the world. Most fan bases would be all kinds of pumped up, and I'm pumped up, and you should be pumped up. But my point is, it's not like the Bison missed playoffs last year and then got housed. The Bison were one play away, one play away from advancing to the national semifinals. And another potential trip to Frisco, Texas. When they were playing 23 or 24 guys on the two deep going into that Sam Houston game were freshmen 
or sophomores. The Bison were dinged up. The Rams, man, boy, did they have a tough spring. They were beat up. And the Bison struggled in big games, like that South Dakota State game at the Dome or that quarterfinal game against Sam Houston. The Bison struggled to run the football. It's not all on the quarterback. I'm watching game day in the studio here at the Mothership. Zeb Nolan, who started quite a few games for the herded quarterback last year, he is the starting quarterback at South Carolina, the game cocks in the SEC. He went there as a graduate coach, the coach under Beamer, like Shane Beamer is the head coach there, goes there as a graduate assistant, starter gets hurt, and now Zeb is the starting quarterback at South Carolina. And there was so much finger-pointing by Zen Nation at Zeb Nolan or Cam Miller. Cam Miller, who was a true freshman thrown into the mix, I thought he had some moxie. He was put in a very tough position, and he acquitted himself quite well, I think. But it's not all on the quarterbacks, right? That old saying, if stuff goes well in football, quarterbacks get all the credit. If it goes bad, they get all the blame. There's a lot of truth in that. I mean, cliches are cliches for a reason. But the offensive line needs to play much better. How many times? Watch a game from last year, any game, maybe outside of that second half of the Eastern Washington game where North Dakota State did something like, uh, boy, what was it, 20, 25 plays in a row where they, they rushed for something crazy, like 8, 10 yards. It was, it was something ridiculous. I, I can't remember what the stat was. Point being, second half of the Eastern Washington game, the Bison ran the ball all over the Eagles. Outside of that, though, you watch any game, and the Bison were in second and nine, second and ten, third and seven, third and eight. They were third and a long ways offensively, which puts your offense, it makes you one-dimensional. And it doesn't matter if you have Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Trey Lance, Easton Stick, Brock Jensen playing quarterback for you. If a defense has you in third and long, they know the odds are that you are going to pass. So they can pin their ears back, get after the quarterback, and anticipate the pass. When you're one-dimensional, you're easier to defend. If it's third and two, third and three, or even third and four, not only do you have the threat of the run there, you have much more convertible passes. And that is so important with any quarterback, quarterback, but particularly a young quarterback or a new quarterback, whether that's Quincy Patterson or Cam Miller. So, yeah, we're all going to be keeping an eye on Quincy Patterson today. That's that's the biggest storyline. That's, that's not a secret. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out that number two that's Mr. Patterson's number. Number two, Quincy Patterson, 6'3", 246, junior from Chicago, Illinois. All eyes will be on him. And at 6'3", 246, friends, he's bigger. To put that into perspective, because that's what I do. I drop nuggets like this on you. I drop knowledge bombs like Pat Thiel, the sweater vest wearing Shanley Running backs coach getting after Roger Thomas and Bismarck last night. How about that game for the Shanley Deacons coming back after being down 20-7 to entering the fourth quarter? I dropped knowledge bombs on you like this. Quincy Patterson is bigger than Jabril Cox. Let me say that again. Quincy Patterson, the starting quarterback for the Bison, is so big 
How big is he? He's bigger than NDSU's NFL draft pick for the Dallas Cowboys, Jabril Cox. Jabril Cox tips the scales at 6'3", 233 pounds. Quincy tips the scales at 6'3", 246. Now my wife is a physicist. My in-laws are in town. They might be listening. They might not be listening. They, uh, we stayed up. We watched the Jacks game, as I've, as I've mentioned on these airwaves many times. Her brother, Jeff, played for the Jacks and Coach Stiglmeyer, so we watched that Colorado State game. Chris Oladukin, who's SDSU's graduate transfer out of Samford, that's down in Florida, the Jacks beat Colorado State 42-23. to They housed him. They boat raced him. Credit to them. Ola Dukin stepped in, and he was a dude. He was a dude, 18-28 to for 224 yards, two touchdowns. The Jacks, especially in the second half. In Colorado State, just to be clear, credit to South Dakota State. That's an impressive win. They beat an FBS team on the road in Colorado State. Colorado State is not a good football team. SDSU was the better football team last night by leaps and by bounds. It wasn't even close. The Jacks ran for 242 yards against the Rams. That guy, that guy is an absolute dude. Right? So we watched that game. Getting back to Libby. She's a physicist. And I told you Quincy Patterson was 6'3, 246. Force. Force, my friends, in the world of physics is a product of mass times acceleration. So how big something is times its velocity. How fast is it going? That gives you your Newtons, Libby, dear, sweetheart. Newtons, that's how you measure force. Cam, Cam, Quincy Patterson can deliver the Newtons. He's going to be delivering some Newtons, force, mass times acceleration. He's going to be delivering those to the Great Danes today. 6'3", 246, when you're that big and you can run like that cat can, he is fast. I'm told he's got a set of wheels and can run. Now, will the Bison run him a lot today? I don't, I don't think so. When you got all those running backs playing a non-conference game, you might want to keep that one in the hip pocket running QB1 in the non-conference game. So I don't expect we'll see it. I don't expect you're going to see something like 12, 14 rushes for a buck 50 from Quincy, maybe three or four design runs. But it's going to be fun watching him. All eyes are on him. But the buys and return a lot. Dominic Ganella, Kobe Johnson, Jalen Bussey, Hunter Lipke. Phoenix Sproles is back, an explosive playmaker after he missed all of last spring. Braylon Henderson, he had some huge explosive plays for the Bison. Christian Watson, number one, the best offensive player in the FCS. Rams with wings, those big tight ends, Gindorf and Babbage. Oh, ho, ho. It's Christmas come early for the herd with all those offensive playmakers. And up front, Cordell Volson, sixth-year senior, pride of Bell for North Dakota up in McHenry County. Jake Kubis, Jalen Sundell. Nash Jensen, Cody Mock. Cody Mock's a dude at left tackle. The Bison have a, a, a unit returning on offense where if the quarterback play, as a local columnist pointed out in his column yesterday, he's right, by the way, and it's not rocket science. It's not like he had this, you know, Nobel Prize-worthy take, but it bears mentioning because he was right. If the Bison get average to above average or even good quarterback play, this team's going to Frisco. If the Bison don't, 
going to be a year like last spring, but you should be excited, and there's reason for optimism. And when we come back, we're going to have Nolan Schmidt, formerly from the Bison Illustrated. We're going to talk about the reasons why we are optimistic. I'm crazy optimistic. I hope you can hear it in my voice. I was like a kid before, kid before Christmas last night, all sorts of excited with anticipation of doing this show, talking to you, and seeing the Bison play again in the fall before a full dome. This is Heard It Here with Swanee at 7.40 a.m. The Fan. Coming up next, Nolan Schmidt. Put your seat backs and trade tables in their upright positions because you are flying the friendly skies of Heard It Here airwaves. I'm your pilot, Swanee. It is a sunshiny 60 degrees out there right now with an anticipated game time temp of 74 degrees. Lovely day for tailgating. How about this, Bison Nation? Special shout-out to Bob Clark, the legendary Bison fan, Bob Clark, a.k.a. the Road Warrior. This will be his 489th game in a row that he's been to. He... His streak goes back to the season opener, which was 39 years, excuse me, yeah, 39 years ago today, September 4th, 1982, the Bison played Northern Michigan at Dakota Field. That was game one of the streak. Bob Clark has not missed a Bison football game since then. That is absolutely awesome. Be great to see him and other Bison fans out at tailgating this morning and into the afternoon. This is the 124th home opener for North Dakota State. They are 96-22-5 in home openers and have won 22 home openers in a row dating back to 1999. The last home opening loss for the Bison was in 1998 against Emporia State out of Kansas. They had a stud bowling back of a, a running back that year, can't remember the dude's name, but he was a bowling ball. It was a low-scoring defensive affair, and the Bison were on the short side of that one, but have reeled off 22 straight wins in their home openers since then. The Bison are 8-1 and all-time versus the CAA. Who would have thunk that, huh? With as many, the, the whole debate, oh, the CAA is the best conference in, in the FCS. It's the Valley. It's the Valley. South Dakota State laid a whooping on Colorado State. South Dakota who is, you know, Coach Nielsen's trying to build that thing up. He's got his hands full with uh, NDSU, SDSU, and UND up the road on I-29 and a couple of uh, Iowa schools not too far away. But they came within a whiskers lash of beating Kansas. And Kansas is bad, man. You know that you're one of the worst teams in FBS football when your fans storm the field after you need a touchdown in the game's closing minutes to beat South Dakota. Kansas fans stormed the field. But South Dakota State had a big win. Big, big win for the, the Valley against Colorado State. I know Eastern Washington had beat UNLV uh, earlier this, this uh, week in Vegas. A nice win for, for the Big Sky Conference. But if you'd have told me the Bison were 8-1 and one all time against the CAA, I would have absolutely believed that. Because the Bison are the greatest team in the history, not just the FCS Nolan of the world. The Bison are the best team in the world, you're starting. You're starting out hot already. Oh, we, we week one, and it's always the best. Te- it's the best team in the world. Best no, team no, in the world. A note on Bob Clark. If I just did my math right, really quickly, 
number 500. So, so you said 489 today. 489. Number 500 would be the very first playoff game. So so the Bison have to prove it to get Bob to that 500 mark. Because he, count, he counts playoff games, right? Counts playoff games, yeah, so absolutely. It's got to be a monumental occasion once we hit that. Nolan Schmidt on, formerly of the Bison Illustrated, joining us to talk reasons why we're optimistic. Uh, Jonas, great Bison fan out there listening. He had a question, so I'll throw it out there, Nolan. Listeners, who would you put your money on? Who scores the first touchdown for the Bison this season and this afternoon? Hmm. That was Jonas's question. So, Nolan, uh, bunch of weapons on offense. Who do you have for uh, getting the first touchdown for the Herd? Well, I think it's Dominic Ganella. I think I think he's the guy that seems to be the workhorse in the backfield. And we saw that a little bit last season as the as as the year progressed a little bit and as he got more reps under his belt. And obviously that was a product of injuries a little bit too. But I think Ganella proved himself. He's a he's a physical back, a low to the ground. Like you said, you just mentioned bowling ball. That's the that's the type of way I'd describe Dominic Ganella. So I, I think he's the guy that gets the first touchdown simply because I, I think, you know, I was I was listening to you talk right before the break. I think you're right. I don't know how much they, they throw Quincy Patterson in the run game. I know that they always want to put more on film than they can, especially in like a non-conference game against Albany with Valley play coming up pretty soon. You, they want to try to put a lot on film, but with Patterson and, and a unique skill set like he has, how much of that do you want to put on today? I don't know. So, I mean, I think we're going to see a strong run game. And the offensive line, these Rams, it was – a talking point last year about how much this group struggled at times and how young this group was at times because of injuries. But now you have to recognize that these young guys that were getting reps last year are going to be two deep guys that might be cycling in for a Cordell Volson, might be cycling in for a Cody Mauk on a rep. And they have those in-game reps and they're experienced and they're ready to go right now. I think I think this offensive line group honestly has the potential to be one of the best that NDSU has fielded in a long time. And that's saying something because perennially known for having one of the top offensive lines. But I think after last year, a lot of people were thinking, well, there's a lot of questions. Obviously, Volson's there. He's a stalwart. There's a lot of veterans on that on that front line as well. But they did have some moments where they struggled last year. And I, and, and I think everybody would openly admit that. But I think this year, I think this is going to be a really resurgent offensive line group, and I think that paves the way today. Those guys, those Rams got to have a chip on their shoulder, 100%, man. They got 100%. a huge chip on their shoulder. Remember, you know, A.J. Blazek, who was the offensive line coach, he took off. to He ended up at Vanderbilt. You know, good for him. Coach Blazek's a good dude. He ended up at Vandy in the SEC. Wish those guys all, all the luck this fall. But he took off just a couple weeks mm-hmm. before the season. So Coach Larson was thrown in there, you know, on a, a hat tips notice. Yeah. And the Bison still played fairly well, especially with all those young guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost a lot of guys who who either opted not to come back or obviously a Dylan Radins who's playing for the Tennessee Titans now. But those guys have an absolute chip on their shoulder because they know they have something to prove. And, and Coach Ence alluded to it at his weekly press conference this week, saying uh, basically as the Rams go, so goes this football team. And, and that's one of the other things I, I hinted at during the Open this morning was that everyone's going to be looking at Quincy Patterson because the quarterback's, you know, the biggest biggest position on the football field and NDSU did not have great quarterback position last year and had they had even average to good quarterback play they probably win the Sam Houston State game and they might have might have ended up in Frisco but a lot of that was the product of the fact that NDSU really struggled to run the ball especially on first and second down and they were constantly in these third and long situations but I think that's you're absolutely right you take a look at that two deep Gray Zabel from Pierce South Dakota he's a dude played really well before he got dinged up Jake Mm -hmm. Rock had an awesome game against Eastern Washington, then he gets dinged up. 
Luke LaSalento, the transfer in from San Diego, he's the guy that's going to get snaps. And Mason Miller from Ada, Minnesota, just down the road, he was playing, I think, his first start, his first snaps. His first start came against Sam Houston in the national quarterfinals game. So the Bison do have a lot of depth on the offensive line. And, and I think for the reason you mentioned for for Dom Ganella rolling in the first touchdown, I'm going to take Jay, it's going to be Jalen Bussey or Colby Johnson. They're going to break one. They're going to bust so. off a home run ball early. Yeah, I think I think Andy Hughes and, and Albany's got a good defense. They were 11th in the country. I know they got that stud on the defensive line. They're an experienced team. I think they got 20, 21 out of 22 starters back, something like that. But I think that's one thing, too, that we didn't see from the Bison consistently throughout the course of the year. They have explosive playmakers, and you'd see those you know, those bombs before halftime to the Christian Watsons. You know, Jake Lippy had the one at Southern Illinois. You know, Henderson had, had one, had some big returns. But what we, what we didn't see really outside of that Eastern Washington game and then Hunter Lipke, apparently his last name is pronounced Lipke. I think we all learned that at the press conference. The kid's too week. humble to tell us that, that we were Everyone's wrong. saying his name wrong, Hunter Lipke. That's so funny to when me. When he you know, ripped off a bajillion yards against UND. Outside of that, the buys and running backs – we didn't see those, you know, runs that went for, well, heck, we didn't see the four or five-yard runs on first and second down, putting us in second and six, you know, second and five. But those four or five-yard runs in the first half that we'd so many times see from buys and teams in, in recent years turn into 17, 13, 15, 20-yard runs in the second half. And so I'm taking – I'm optimistic. I think you're right. I think the Rams are going to be resurgent. I think they have a chip on their shoulder. And I think uh, – I'm going to go with Jalen. I'm going to go with Mr. Bussey. Rips off a long touchdown run early in the game for the first Bison touchdown of the year. And you can't forget, I mean, I'm so excited for a lot of reasons, Nolan. And part of that, not just the return to, to fall football, fans in the dome. But you take a look at, at who's coming back for the Bison. And obviously Christian Watson, one of the best, If I think he's the best offensive player in the FCS. But Phoenix Sproles is back. Then you've got other weapons in those tight ends in, in Gindorf and Babbage. And then another guy, um, Mathis, the wide receiver, big Braylon kid out Henderson of uh, too. big kid out of Florida, Mathis. He's he's back. So I think the Bison, you know, in the red zone, trying to defend that. You've got those stable full of running backs. You got a quarterback who is bigger than Jabril Cox and Quincy Patterson. And then you got those tight ends in the red zone. If you're uh, if you're Tyler Roll and, and Randy Hedberg, that gives uh, has you salivating a little bit at the play call sheet, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, you're playing with house money a little bit, and I'm a, and I'm a little more inclined to believe that Ganell and, and Lipke might be the guys to get those those first couple touchdowns because I do think that they're going to get a lot of carries. Because on one hand, you just brought it up, there were times where NDSU struggled to dominate the line of scrimmage and on both sides. And and what have we seen throughout this sort of dynasty with NDSU? It's been their ability to dominate the line of scrimmage on off, on the offensive line and on the defensive line. And there were moments, like you said, where they're getting in third and eights, third and nines. They're putting themselves in positions where they have to rely on the arm of a Zeb Noland or a Cam Miller. Whereas, you know, in Cam Miller's case, it, for him, a true freshman who had no expectation of playing last season comes in and has to, you know, complete a, a third and 11 pass, a third and eight pass, third and nine pass. And I'm more inclined to believe that NDSU is it's going to be an imposing of their will, I, I, I think, today. I think we're going to see a, probably as about as physical a Bison team as we've seen in a long time. And I think they're going to do that because they want to prove to everybody that last year was just a fluke. Last year was, you know, a year where, yeah, we had some ups and downs, some injuries, we were dealing with it. Now we're moving on to 21-22, and I, th I think this is a team that really wants to show everybody that last year just was not Bison football, and that starts at the line of scrimmage. And, and, and I think when you look at 
you know, your short yardage gains, it's going to Lipke, it's going to Ganella. That's why that's why I think those guys, not to say Bussy isn't a good candidate, because I think every time he touched the ball last year, he scored, I mean, I probably on 50% of the time he touched the ball last year. So it's definitely a, a, a possibility as well. But I think NDSU is just going to go in there and try to impose their will to the best of their ability on both sides in the trenches more than anything, because I, I think more than anything, they need to prove to the nation that last year their kind of lack of dominance at the line of scrimmage was just an outlier, just an enigma, if you will. So I, I think I think we're going to see a lot of that, a lot of ground and pound, a lot of physical football today. Coming up after the break on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, the fan brought to you by Welton's Tire Service and Smith Motors Wapiton. We're going to talk about the code green defense and the battle in the secondary for that starting cornerback spot and how important that's going to be today when you're facing a quarterback and Jeff Undercuffler who threw for 41 touchdowns in 2019 how important those defensive backs are going to be up next on heard it here with Swanee it is bison game day with a 230 kick at the Fargo Dome versus the Albany Great Danes Mavericks about two now he turns two in early October that's my son Big, big Bison fan. Huge, loves the Bison. First time he said, true story, first time he said, go Bison. We were at the turf this uh, this this summer. We we did the downtown Fargo Market thing. Then we went to the turf for lunch. And, you know, as a, a Bison dad, I mean, go Bison, go Bison. And for the first time at the turf, he says, go Bison. So dad almost sheds a tear here. And I tried to get it on video after that, right? So I, I took out my phone and hit record. And, man, say, go Bison. One, do it. One do it. That kid absolutely owns me. He knows knows exactly what he's doing, and uh, yeah, just excited to be back for a regular college football Saturday to watch games with him all day long. He's got his Bison gear on, sees his Bison shirt, Bison Bison. So when when I take him into daycare, the mornings when Libby works early and I got to take him into daycare, we drive by the Fargo Dome. So I tell him, you know, Fargo Dome, yeah, Fargo Dome, and he says Fargo Dome, Fargo Dome. So he's, he can say Fargo Dome already, and I told Libby this. And she goes, yep, you know, on, when she drives him into daycare, she's like, yeah, I work on the ABCs with him, and you're teaching him Fargo Dome. So, yeah, that's what I do. A good, I'm a good dad, dad of the year right here for doing that, taking a walk around the Missouri Valley Football Conference and scores in game action. As we mentioned last night, South Dakota State with an impressive 42-23 to win over Colorado State. South Dakota State was a better football team. Colorado State was a flaming bag of dog poo. They are not a good football team, man, but credit to the Jacks. It's a nice nice win for them. They they took apart the Rams. South Dakota, the Jacks fell 17-14 to to Kansas down in Lawrence on Thursday. Southern Illinois with an impressive season-opening win against Southeast Missouri State, 47-21. to It was Youngstown State in overtime, 44, Incarnate Word, 41. And then uh, Western Illinois, Push Ball State a little bit before falling to the maction out of Ball State, 31-21. to This afternoon's slate of games, you got obviously North Dakota State and Albany. The Fighting Hawks have a 2 o'clock kick against Idaho State out in Idaho. Northern Iowa is playing at Iowa State. That's a 3.30 p.m. kick on ESPN+. Plus. Missouri State's got Oklahoma State, a 6 o'clock kick on ESPN+. Plus. And then Butler and Illinois State got a 6.30 kick on ESPN3, rounding out your Missouri Valley football first week of action. Before we get to the D-backs, and we tease that going into the break, Nolan, I'm, I'm really excited for NDSU's defensive line. And Coach Ants has talked about that. 
this offseason and in fall camp, especially the depth. You know, Tony Pierce is a guy who really started to come on last spring. You got the Mostert twins. Uh, they, they were playing really well, getting in the backfield. Spencer Wagey out of South Shore, Watertown, South Dakota. I'm a big fan of his. Lane Tucker, um, Costner Ching, another kid out of Castle with South Dakota. Michael Butel out of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. He played really, really well last year. I don't think he got the credit he deserved. Then Braden Thomas, the transfer from Mankato State, he played, thought he played really well. Logan McCormick, one of those guys, though, you know, what the Bison have kind of lacked the last day, well, last spring, I guess, that dominant pass rusher in the form of maybe a Greg Menard, a Derek Tuska, a Kyle Emanuel, that, those, that long, proud tradition of the Bison defensive lineman. And is this, is this the year that a healthy Spencer Wagey fills that role? or maybe uh, Logan McCormick. But that's one of those things I'm looking for. The depth is there, no question about it. That's a strength of this football team, at least on paper, going into the season. What I would like to see is uh, more quarterback pressure and that explosive, dominant defensive end that can really get to the quarterback and knock him on his butt. I think that's going to be Tony Pierce. Like I, I really do. And, and I look at his skill set, 6'1", 236, a little trimmer for, for a D-end. But I think we saw last year, he has the ability on literally every snap to get to the quarterback. I, I think you could go back and watch numerous NDSU games last year and see just how close Tony Pierce comes to getting multiple sacks in a game because he knows how to get around uh, that that edge. I mean, a, and I think he has the athleticism to do it. He has the speed to do it. He's going to be a little bit quicker than any offensive lineman because of he's a little bit trimmer, like I said, at 236. But also, you you had mentioned Buto and Lane Tucker and those guys that can plug up the middle like Costner Ching. But don't sleep on Javi Derrett either. I mean, 6'1", 285, something like that. He is a he is a large individual. I don't if you see him on the field today, that is a large man. That is a large man that can plug up holes in between the mid, the A and B gaps on the D tackle spot. He's a guy that I think can can make a huge step forward this year as I think he's just a junior. Is he a sophomore? What am I looking at? He's, Sof- he's a sophomore. So I'm, I'm looking at young guys like that, that can come in and, and plug up holes in the A and B gaps like Derrett can do. And also Tony Pierce, just a junior. It seems like Tony Pierce has been playing for NDSU for six years. It seems like he's been on campus forever. So I think that experience only lends its hand. And then you got your guys like Wagey, McCormick, those vets that can come in and cycle in and get to the quarterback too. But I, I re- I'm I, really high on Tony Pierce this year. I think he's going to be a guy that has the potential to get you know an 8-9 sack season. I, I really do believe that. And the, the offensive defensive line positions, especially in college football, the further out you get from the ball, so you know the ball being where the center is, where they snap it to the quarterback, the further away from it that you get, you see more a freshman who can come in and be an explosive playmaker. But on the interior portions of that line of scrimmage, both on the offense and defensive side, you want those juniors and seniors, those upperclassmen that have had time to physically develop and get strong in a program. And it's big boy. It's violent, mean, blank football in the trenches. And as you go down that NDSU too deep on the defensive front, Tony Pierce, junior, Spencer Wagey, senior, Lane Tucker, senior, Eli Mostert, sophomore, Costner Ching, senior, Michael Buto, senior, Javier Derrett, sophomore, Braden Thomas, senior, Logan McCormick, senior. A lot of seniors, a lot of upperclassmen in that defensive front. That's why, for me, that is a strength of this football team. And they're going to they're gonna need to get pressure on under Cuffler today. The, the Albany QB who threw for 41 touchdowns in 2019, 
to help the the defensive backfield. And that's another thing. Defensive backs, their best friends are the boys up front creating pressure on the quarterback, making some opportunities for some interceptions and, and takeaways. But the, the NDSU, keep a, an eye on the line of scrimmage early in the game if those Bison defensive linemen can generate pressure and move that line of scrimmage closer to the quarterback. And we saw last year at the Fargo Dome, Nolan, in that opening round playoff game against Eastern Washington, Eric Berry is one of the best quarterbacks in the FCS. He lit up UNLV. What happened when the Bison defense got after him and started pressuring him? Because the initial game plan was, okay, let's keep him in the pocket, not let him break contain. And he, and he sliced and diced the Bison. The Bison flipped the script, made an adjustment. They said, let's get after this cat. Let's, let's chase him around. He struggled, man, and the Bison really got after him. So that's that's the probably the key of the ball game. One of the keys, the Bison defensive front generating pressure on undercoupler. And I think an extension of that is the linebackers, right? You got three seniors, Kayser, Hanky, who's a fifth year, and Jazir Cox. So having that experience in the second level helps too. I'm I'm wondering how many blitz packages they bring. What can Kayser get to the quarterback? Can Hanky get to the quarterback? Can Cox get to the quarterback? Obviously, Cox and and Kayser are really good coverage linebackers, um, as well as as well as Hanky. But I mean, I wouldn't say it's as necessarily his top strength. But you got sure-handed tacklers in the second level. If a guy happens to hit a gap, I, I think that. They're set up so well to be so successful at the line of scrimmage because, like you said, they do have that depth and that experience on the front line. But then you look at that second level and even into the safeties with Dawson Weber and Michael Tutsi, who are veterans. And as Don well. Jones. Who and, is Don, all and Don conference. Jones, who, who had a, a great season last year. And on the ends, you got Eubanks, who had some experience last year and had a great season. And Jaden Price, who did the same thing. And, and Talbert's a senior as well in, in, in the slot nickel uh, corner position. So I think this defense is so well experienced, especially that front seven with, you know, your defensive line and the three linebackers, Hanky Cox and Kayser. When was the last time offhand that NDSU was able to start three senior linebackers in that? I mean, it doesn't happen that often that you get a that you get a collection of three, three upperclassmen yeah. senior leaders like Kayser, like Hanky, like Jazir Cox. All those guys are so important to the program itself having all of them play together as seniors that's a huge asset that I don't think a lot of people are talking about you might have to go back to 2008 there was a stud group of seniors at linebacker 0708 the Steve Walker days there are a lot of good linebackers on those teams and NDSU has had a lot of excellent linebackers yet you know you got Jabril in the NFL um, DeLuca DeLuca. who had a a shot Chris Board Travis Beck Grant Olson I mean you had some really, really good linebackers, and, and and you're absolutely right. You know, when you're playing a team like Albany that that runs a lot of what what uh, will go all Ross Uglum on you, eleven personnel, which is a, a you know offensive lingo terminology. When you hear eleven personnel, it means one running back, one tight end. So they have three wides almost every single play. So there's going to be opportunities for some defense, defensive pressure, sacks, takeaways. we got to take a break here, and we'll come back and, and dissect more of this matchup between North Dakota State and Albany on Herded Here with Swanee, brought to you by Walton's Tire Service, your local one-stop shop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. Stay tuned for more Herded Here. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? More money, more problems, more bison, no problems. This is Herded here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan, and I am more jacked up than John T. Stigmeyer. After rolling some Rams, what an impressive uh, opening weekend thus far for the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Brother Swan, 
specifically requested that, so I obliged. Dave from Minot, Dave Richards, said Christian Watson is going to take a kickoff to the house. I hope you're right. Mm -hmm. Dave, I I wouldn't suspect, though, that uh, if Albany has watched any tape (laughs) and has any sort of coaches that they're going to kick the ball too many times toward uh, old number one. And on on the depth chart, as far as returners, they got uh, Christian and Raja Nelson, the sophomore out of Lakeville, Minnesota. And then you'll have uh, Braylon Henderson and Jaden Price are listed as returning punts today. One of the areas where North Dakota State excelled. I mean, they excelled last year in the mm-hmm. kick return game. They were number one in the country in kick returns, several touchdowns. Watson's yeah, Pri- against Price UNI. Had one. Price had one on a punt return, I believe, early in the season. And uh, uh, Braylon Henderson had the one yeah. down at Sam Houston. Christian had a, a, a kick return against Sam Houston to keep the Bison in the game. So that, that explosive playmaking ability on special teams is undoubtedly there. But I think you're right, Nolan. You know, we were talking before we went to the break, the Bison defense. There, there's a lot of names. You know, most years we have the discussion and, and one of those kind of token cliche topics are who who's someone that's going to emerge? Who's a guy that's going to burst on the scene? And you look at this two-deep depth chart, and you can say, well, yeah, Quincy Patterson. But he's a, a junior. He was a, a three-, four-star guy coming in, an elite 11 quarterback, transferred in from Virginia Tech, played in an epic game against North Carolina there and played against Notre Dame. I don't know if I – mean, I suppose you could say he's he's a guy that will emerge – but when we're talking, you know, typically when I think guys that might emerge onto the scene, I'm thinking of freshman or sophomore. But you look up and down this too deep, and it's loaded. I mean, loaded with a ton of experience. And that's a theme in college football, not just the buys and after the pandemic season and players getting a waiver year, so they essentially got a free year of eligibility. You're seeing a lot of teams that have a lot of experience like this. And, and I think for North Dakota State, it definitely comes comes to comes to the the forefront, especially on those offense and defensive lines. But before I mean, you and I were talking during the break, how important it's going to be for the buys. And Coach Ants alluded to it at his press conference this week about you got to win some of those fifty fifty balls if you're D backs, and and the buys and don't want to lead the nation and pass breaks up pass breakups and defended passes. They want to turn some of those pass breakups into interceptions because you know it seemed like every. Every game last year, we'd see a pick go off the hands of, mm-hmm. of one of the defensive backs Cox, or linebackers. I think Jazir Cox had about four or five. It was in the right spot. That went, that went right right through his hands, I think. Yeah, in the right spot, right time. Just needs to, to, to finish the play and come down with the pick. And we talked, you know, Jared Vines transfer out of Eastern Michigan. Junior, he's going to see the field some today along with Eubanks, Talbert, Price, and uh, um, Eubanks at those corner spots. But safety – that's probably another strength of this football team. Mm-hmm. You got Michael Tutsi, who's one of the best safeties in, in FCS, and Dawson Weber, who's another really, really good player and a senior, and, and Dom Jones, who because of injuries was forced into the mix last year. And as the as the season went along, by the time the Bison got to the playoffs, he had that big pick against Eastern Washington. I thought Dom was probably one of NDSU's better defensive backs and one of the better defensive backs in the Valley by the time playoff time rolled around so you know when you've got a, a guy like Dom Jones who's two and he's going to get snaps I mean Albany throws the ball all these guys are going to get a lot of game action today but when you got a guy like that and, and you have that sort of depth at safety it, you know it, 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 it it's good from the perspective when you got some new corners to have those veteran presences and, and they, there's you know veterans at corner Talbert and Price have been around a while but when you've got playmakers like Tutsi and Weber and Jones at safety, it does make things a little bit easier for the corners out there. Yeah, I think it covers up any sort of blemishes because I think you look at what Michael Tutsi can do. You can look at what Dawson Weber can do, what Dom Jones can do. Even if a wide receiver gets by a certain corner, they can still – I think there's you know, there's good enough safeties back there in Tutsi and Weber and Jones to, to be able to uh, overcome that sort of thing. 
But also, too, I, I don't think we can underestimate the amount of growth that somebody like Courtney Eubanks has had over the course of an offseason. Something like uh, how much growth uh, somebody like Jaden Price has had over the course of an offseason. I don't think we can underestimate that because Courtney Eubanks, like you said before the break, he was probably their best cover corner last year. Jaden Price was nothing to, to slouch at either. I thought he, he had a, a really good year last year. Um, now they get another year uh, under under their belt in the off season, another fall camp, another you know going through the going through the process of, of getting ready for a season, and it's actually a normal season well, like for Co- once. Coach N said at his presser this week, this is basically the first fall camp, normal fall camp right. for two groups of freshmen. So that that experience in and of itself will will hopefully be beneficial. But we're running out of daylight, Nolan. How do you see the game breaking down this afternoon? Well, shoot, the, the spread is 25 and a half in, in NDSU's favor. I mean, I, I think NDSU has so many weapons, almost too many weapons for Albany to, to overcome. I don't think that Albany can really match what NDSU is going to do offensively. I think NDSU's offense is going to be surprisingly very dominant today, in my opinion. And not to say the defense won't either, but I don't think Albany will be able to keep pace uh, offensively specifically. These are such interesting games, especially you have a non-conference team coming to the Fargo Dome for the first time. And we've seen in big playoff games, you know, quarterfinal games and semifinal games, whether it's a New Hampshire or a Coastal Carolina, a Sam Houston or a Montana State, they they come to the Fargo Dome for the first time. And it's kind of deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, I mean, Richmond, I remember that semifinal game, you know, back in 2015, where before you could sit in your seat or scratch your butt, it's 21-0. A lot of games unfold like that. Before well, both, the- both games against Montana State were the basically the same thing. And yes, you got up early. It was it was over by halftime. And it's, it seems, you know, the Delaware game too, a CEA team coming in yeah. here the first time. Jabril has a, a pick six. So I think I think that's going to happen. It's big buys and need quick score for me, Nolan. Uh, 35 to 17. I'll get uh, NDSU. Giving them 17, man. Code Green we'll going to take issue I'll with that. I'll probably be wrong. We're going to go Bison big, boys and girls, 42-13. to 13. The Great Danes get a touchdown pair of field goals, but it's all Bison. They're going to run the ball. The Rams are back in town. I think they have a big day. I think Watson and Sproles have a nice day. You'll have to find out 2.30 at the Dome. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan brought to you by Smith Motors in Wapaton and Walton's Tire Service in Lisbon. Smith Motors, small town, friendly, big town deals in Walton's. Tire service, your local one-stop shop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. It's good to be back with you, friends. We'll see you out at the tailgating lots at the Dome. And remember, the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd. Uh,